It's time for All Hands on Tech. Climb on board as we explore all the amazing things happening in Nova Scotia's tech sector. Each episode, we'll chat with local experts to uncover the secrets of what makes Nova Scotia the best place for collaboration, innovation, and creativity. All Hands on Tech is proudly produced by Digital Nova Scotia, the industry association for Nova Scotia's growing tech sector. Our guest today is building the future of television, entertainment, and learning all from their headquarters in Bedford, Nova Scotia. Redspace is a custom software development company that builds unique, flexible platforms for global enterprises. They combine well-built, scalable backends with engaging front-end user experiences, and they've been doing so for nearly 20 years. We're super excited to dive into the seemingly ever-evolving world of streaming. And joining us for today's conversation is Luke DeWitt, Redspace's Director of Web Services. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm super excited for this conversation. Um, before we get too much into it, you know, we gave a little brief overview at the beginning about what Redspace does, but maybe dive a little bit deeper into what you guys do for your clients. Yeah, I mean... We do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. um, that's one of the things that I always tell people. Like we, we kind of touch everything and there's always this thought like you can't do everything well, but like we, I, I think we do. <laughs> um, I, would, I would say our clients think the same thing. Uh, so, you know, one of our big focuses though is video, right? Getting mm -hmm. this content to the people. Um, we work with some pretty major clients, big names that, you know, I, I won't get into right now, but a lot of... Uh, a lot of names that that you've heard of. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, we get a lot of eyeballs on our work. There's a lot of uh, a lot of people that are constantly consuming the content. And, and like I say, uh, video is a major focus of ours, but we also, you know, we'll do um, a lot in terms of maybe building back end systems, building uh, front end kind of more boutique -y websites uh, for for different award shows or different things like that. Um, a lot of kind of framework development so that they can roll things out quicker. We do apps. Mm -hmm. uh, we do stuff uh, out, outside of that realm as well. I shouldn't just limit it. I like talking about the media stuff because it's the mm -hmm. most fun. That's where that's where a lot of the eyeballs are. But um, we do a lot of stuff in the learning space. We do some stuff in defense and in uh, energy, oil and gas and stuff like that. Uh, we've kind of been able to grow, you know, take a lot of the con same concepts and and deploy them into a bunch of different uh, different realms, which has been a lot of fun. And that's what I think is interesting, too, when you go to your website. You know, when you think streaming platforms, you think entertainment, media, like you said. But, yeah, it says right there, you know, you're in defense, you're in education. And it's interesting because, like, that's just kind of where the future is. Like, these streaming platforms can be applied to so many different industries. For sure. Yeah, yeah there's, like, 80-some percent of the Internet's bandwidth is streaming. Wow. So, like, streaming video, media. Wow. Yeah. I shouldn't say just video, but media. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of the internet and, and a lot of people are moving into that space, right? It's, it's a lot easier for their, their consumers to consume. And because of that, um, yeah, there's a lot of interest in it. So we're helping to, uh, we're helping to get that stuff out there. So okay. exciting. Well, before we dive further into that, we're going to go back to our little rapid fire questions and okay. just so we get to know you a little bit better. Perfect. Um, so number one, do you prefer to take notes in on paper or on a laptop? It would depend on the meeting, right? Um, a, a lot of the times it's it's whatever's closest. I Sometimes I'm accused of being a loud typer. So like <laughs> depending on the situation, if I can't be muted, mm -hmm. then I'll, I'll do it on, on paper. Um, but I, I always end up transposing them over to the, the laptop anyway. So 
Yeah, it's kind of a, it depends on the situation. Very fair. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> okay. Do you prefer an email or a phone call? Uh, I'll go with a phone call. Okay. Uh, I have like, God, I don't even want to tell you how many unread <laughs> emails I have right now. Uh, because, I mean, they, it just gets bombarded with stuff, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you get, I, I get less spam calls than spam emails. So I'll say. That is fair. If I'll someone calls call. you, you know it's probably on purpose at exactly. this point. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. And last but not least, what is your favorite part about working at Red Space? The people. It's, that's cliche, isn't it? No, no but it's, it, it's, it's it It is the people. Um, you know, I, I went to Red Space basically because. Uh, I, I knew I would have the opportunity to work with some pretty cool clients. Um, putting stuff on the internet has always been like, you know, when I was learning all of this stuff, that, when I was in grade like six, right? That was something that always appealed to me. And so putting putting things out there that I can show off has always been really exciting for me. Going home, uh, I'm from Fredericton originally, so going home at Christmas, I remember I would go home and we'd all be talking and catching up about stuff. And it's, you know, I one of my friends was living in Calgary at the time and they'd say, what do you do? And they're like, oh, I'm building this software that helps us run this x-ray for airplanes. And People would look at him like he had two heads and then it's like, well, what do you do, Luke? And then it's like, well, here, I'll show you. And I'd load up mm-hmm. a site and, you know, SpongeBob would be dancing around um, and I could say, I, I, I did that. Um, so that's always been something that's really appealing to me. Um, but since working there, like I've been there for almost 16 years now, um, and yeah, just the the people. There's so many smart people that work there. And there's the old line about never wanting to be the smartest person in the room. And, and <laughs> you know, for a long time, I've been very lucky to be surrounded by a lot of folks who are super smart. And the people are just, they're fantastic. And and normally what I'm asked uh, in interviews is, is a question similar to that. And then subsequently I'm asked, you know, what's the worst part of the job? And it's when those people <laughs> leave because they are really mm-hmm. smart and uh, we tend to get targeted a lot for our people. So, that is um, yeah, seeing a lot of a lot of really good folks who I've considered friends leave, um, but also seeing a lot of them come back. Uh, it's been that that's always, you know, both tough and fun when they do come back. But um, the people are just great. Right. We have we have a ton of fun uh, working. We have a ton of fun with kind of some of the auxiliary culture stuff around mm-hmm. the office. So that would be that's my answer, even though it is a cliche. Yeah. And this isn't so much, you did touch on culture there. And I think that's something so evident at Red Space from an outsider's perspective is it seems like there's such a good company culture. I went there, you know, however many months ago it was now. I loved it. I couldn't stop talking to my friends and family about how it's, amazing it seemed there, you know? Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And it's it's not by accident. We work hard right. on it, right? Like, you know, and, and I mean, again, it's a credit to the people, right? A yeah. lot of folks there just, they step up and... You don't want to go to work and have it feel like a job, which mm-hmm. which is, you know, there's there's obviously work to be done. But right. yeah, we 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 do a really good job at that. I, I've always felt like we've been really strong in that in that area. And and like I say, we've had people leave and then come back. And, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things they cite. Right. I mean, um, that's super telling. Someone yeah. leaves and comes back. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> that in itself. Yeah. Yeah. They've been out in the world and they know this is where they're supposed to be. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, well, you know, we've already kind of mentioned this. Your team does a lot at Red Space, but as you even said, you know, I think it's fair to say you're maybe best known for streaming media, entertainment, that kind of thing. So it's something we use every day, but most of us don't really understand how it works. I think Jenna and I both Mm -hmm. can say that. So, um, you know, how does your team in Nova Scotia here help get, you know, something like a Hollywood blockbuster onto our television screens? Yeah, so... um... I'll preface this answer with like, I'm going to grossly oversimplify things. Okay, uh, that's fair. 
you know, streaming media is, is not that easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to try and make it seem really easy today though. So obviously, you know, first thing that happens, the video gets recorded, right? So let's just say the the director, the producer, I don't know who actually uploads the file, <laughs> but they have a video file yeah. that they upload to the cloud, right? Um, normally it's the cloud, sometimes it's on-prem. But the first stage is then that video is encoded at different renditions. So, you know, different resolutions, right? 480p, 1080p, 4K, 8K, and then those those resolutions could all have different bit rates, right? Just different amounts of data that are in there to, to affect the picture quality. Um, and then, and that's because we have so many different devices right now, right? Like different devices have different capabilities. So once those videos have been encoded, they are put into storage, right? And um, normally it's, it's you know, if you were talking about something like AWS, you would have a, a CDN in front of it, like CloudFront. Um, but that, you know, the way that that video is is stored is the same way that you know a lot of like uh, images or or different things would be stored online, right? Um, what happens next is there's a packaging step, and the packaging step is basically converting the files that exist around these renditions, resolutions, all this stuff, into a format that can be played back to the user. Um, there's something called a manifest file that's generated, and that includes all of the information that ne- the video needs to be played, including the audio, maybe a a thumbnail image, maybe a poster image. There's all sorts of stuff in there that that is used. Um, and then that brings us to what most of us are familiar with, which is the playback. So um, the player will take the, the manifest file. It knows how to read the metadata inside of it to play it back. So a lot of our work at Redspace actually started in, in that space specifically. Mm-hmm. We, built a, we built a video player that then became the video player for one of our biggest clients. And there's been a lot of that sort of stuff that goes on. That that player gets about 10 million streams a day or over 10 million streams a day. Um, That's wild. And, and so, yeah, we started doing that in the, uh, and, and I mean, you know, going back to where I was with it though, it's, you know, it's a video player, it reads a file and it plays it back to you, right? Um, we started building these things in Flash way back in the day. Hmm. Flash died, and now we're mostly in that JavaScript realm, but we also work on players on your iPhone or tvOS, Android, Fire TV. Uh, we do stuff with Roku as well, which has its own kind of BrightScript language around mm-hmm. it. Um, and more recently, we've been doing a lot of like the smart TVs and OTT devices and whatnot because right. there's more and more stuff in there. But at its core, it's, you know, it's reading a file and it's playing it back. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's all sorts of work that happens behind the scenes before we do that. Shortly. That's really interesting. I never, like, as someone who knows nothing about any of this, I would never have assumed that different streaming services, from my perspective, have different players. Oh, yeah. There's there's a ton of research in, into the different players. Like, you know, YouTube's player is very different from the Netflix player, is right. very different from the players that we build. They have a lot of the same... Like, fundamentals. Yeah, and, and, and underneath everything, there is a set of protocols that they're following, but in terms of tracking and in terms of all, you know, user experience and right. all sorts of different things. There's there's so much that goes into that. And like I say, that's where we we started a lot of our work at Redspace, but then we, we've kind of been moving. It, I mean, we still do a lot on the player side, but there's still all of the the stuff that I was mentioning in terms of the encoding and the packaging right. and all that. There's a ton of work. Is here. there like a reigning champ of what type of player or is it kind of just like you own one and you <laughs> own the rights to it and someone else has got to have another one? It, it would depend on how you, like obviously each of our clients has their very own mm-hmm. set of, you know, they have their own requirements and their own things that they need to worry about. Right. Um, I, I can say pretty certainly, I guess, that, you know, 
our player and the Netflix player and the YouTube player are all very different. And when I say our player, I should be saying like each of our clients' players because right. they are all very different. And some some of our clients that write, they might have two or three different players depending on you know who the audience is. Right. Um, a lot of them have moved into having a single player, so it just makes everything easier on the back end in terms of how that content can be can be encoded and whatnot. But um, they're all very customizable in that you know a player for a kid's show will look very different from a player mm-hmm. for, for like something that plays drama or sports or something like that. Right. There's, there's obviously you have competitors out there, but if there's someone who wants to stream content, like why are they coming to red space? I think it's, it's, well, there's, there's two reasons. One, like I mentioned, we have a ton of experience. Um, totally. And, and most of our, you know, we don't really have a sales team. We don't go out and sell this. Yeah. Um, all of our clients have basically been via word of mouth. So, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the entertainment industry as it is and and the the locations that they're at. Uh, most of our clients are in the States, right? They move, people move around a lot. And uh, so what's happened is it's been a lot of organic growth, right? Word mm-hmm. of mouth. Person A leaves company X to go to company Y and then they get there and they're like, we can't get any of this work. And then, and then they say, well, we know this group right. up in Nova Scotia and they did a great job for us. Let's yeah. let's get in touch with them, and then you know, and that's how a lot of our clients uh, have have come to us or found us. Right? We don't we don't we're not out there actively selling, um, and then just a lot of the folks really love tech and love what they yeah. do, and so they're they're really involved in different communities on Twitter. There are different Slack groups, there are mm-hmm. different Discord groups where people are just in there talking, and then and then these conversations lead to like little DMs where it's like, hey, you really seem to know what's going on. Like, can we? Can we maybe talk a little more about this or about that? And right. and it's yeah, it's fantastic because right, the the people that come to us are they're all names that pretty much everyone knows, right? right? Like it's not it's not there's not a lot of like little mom and pop shops coming mm-hmm. to stream you know videos at, at a super high scale to you know millions of users. It's mm-hmm. it's a pretty limited group that does that. Yeah. And so we've we've made a pretty good footprint in that realm for ourselves yeah that's, that's amazing for someone with like if you don't need the sales team that definitely speaks for itself that's it, quite impressive <laughs> yeah all right so we kind of touched on it um about kind of that customizability aspect but what have been some of the biggest changes that you've noticed in terms of customer expectations for example streaming platforms now offer suggestions which they never used to do and how quickly is the team at Redspace pivoting to keep up with those consumer habits yeah um so I'd, I'd probably answer that question with a question and that I'd mm-hmm. ask, you know, how many devices do you have in your home that can stream media right now? Oh, a lot. I mean, <laughs> I'm I trying have to think. two, three, I also have a roommate, so we've got about like six total going. <laughs> yeah, like same, phone, laptop, iPad. So there's plenty. So, yeah, like I have I have seven or eight devices in my house, yeah. right? I, my wife and I have have phones. We have mm-hmm. an iPad that the the kids or us use, a uh, laptop, computer. We have a Roku TV. I have a couple Chromecasts. So I have a Google Home Hub. Mm. Um, so on average now, homes will have like three different devices for, for streaming content. Just mm-hmm. on average, you can obviously go higher or lower than that. Um, but all of these devices, they have different, they're different screen sizes, different compute power. You know, I have... I have kids. I'm not giving the kids my iPhone or anything to go watch, you know, watch a, a mm-hmm. video with. Um, so there's a lot of hand-me-down devices that we see in that. So 
Um, this is one of the reasons that we have these different renditions, right? We don't want to, you don't need to over deliver content to a device that can't take advantage of it. Right. So, um, you know, you talk about challenges and, and I hate to bring it up, but you know, the pandemic, we saw a big, a big shift in, in how content was being consumed, right? Parents were at home. Uh, they were, they were working. The kids were at home, not working, not going to school. They were being entertained by, you know, videos. And so we saw a huge shift in, uh, in the analytics where a lot of the children's content was no longer being watched on these secondhand devices, mm. these, you know, these old, these old iPads or iPhones, or maybe even like on a, on a switch or something. Uh, we start you started seeing a lot more of that content being consumed on, you know, the main family room right. TV, right? 55, 65 inch TVs. Um, and up until, up until then, that for, for children's content anyway, that screen size, th those resolutions and whatnot, they were kind of an afterthought because mm -hmm. there just wasn't much traffic. So, um, yeah, now now we have this this whole new set of of devices that we have to we have to target. And like I'm I'm only talking about or what I've talked about so far is a lot of streaming. But like you have to think there's there's it's not just streaming, right? There's the apps mm -hmm. that allow you to stream the content. And so what you, what we were seeing was a lot of frustrated people leaving the apps because these, you know, these kids apps, they weren't optimized for these, mm, for these right. different TVs and whatnot. So what was happening is the parents were getting up, the kids were getting upset because they couldn't get to their content. The parents would come in, they couldn't get to it. They would have to get back to work and then they just go somewhere mm. that they were more familiar with that would work. So, um, so yeah, it's not just limited. The, the challenges aren't just limited to the video playback, but everything around that, right? Um, and I mentioned some of these TVs that we've been targeting recently. These, like these TVs, they they look great. They have great picture, but they are not computers, right? Like they can't. The the experience on those those smart TVs and whatnot, it's really tough to have like a high fidelity experience. So that's one of the big challenges that we've been dealing with, right? And lucky for us, we have a design team that knows how to design for mm -hmm. these different types of apps, right? These different sizes, things that they have to consider when, when streaming on a phone versus on a TV. We have a QA, QE team that, that can write automated tests and know how to test on these devices properly. Um, so that, that helps us, you know, nip a lot of those, those potential challenges in the bud. Um, but yeah, like there's, there's a whole ecosystem around all of this and, and there's always going to be challenges with, with any of those things, right? We have um, you know, there's, there's analytics, there's uh, quality of service metrics that we want to meet, um, bug reports and figuring out how, how are people actually using these? Right. Um, so yeah, we touch a lot of these things and so much more like the, the, the ecosystem around all of it is huge. Um, and, and like I say, I mean, it's not just, it's not just the media clients that provide these challenges, right? Like e-learning defense, like not everyone has, not all these companies have top of the line MacBook Pros that they're using mm -hmm. to, to do this or, you know, iPhone 13 or whatever, right? So yeah. there's a lot of older devices. And so there's a lot of challenges that come with that and making sure that you're, you're doing things the right way. I was, um, and maybe this, you can't speak so much to this, but when I think about like streaming now too, I think and this was maybe even a couple of years ago, but, you know, say there's a, a hit show that goes to a streaming platform and instead of now watching it like over a series of months, people are watching like 
millions of people are watching it in a weekend. Like, is that challenging? I don't know if that's something that your team would necessarily be like having to deal with, but. Uh, I I don't touch that as much as some of the other folks on our team, yeah. but yeah, like, I mean, like I say, it's, it's 80 plus percent of, of yeah. the internet's bandwidth is, is streaming media. So there are ways that we, we can mitigate that, right? Yeah. Like multi-cloud is a big thing, right? Where you can't, you can't rely on a single cloud provider to handle everything for you, right? We, mm. A lot of our clients will generally spread that risk out. So if one of them goes down, you know, they don't, they don't want their clients to, or their consumers, sorry, to miss out on any of that. So, of course. Um, but I mean, it's all bandwidth, right? If they're not, if they're not watching a single series, they're watching yeah. a bunch of dips, a bunch of different shows. And, and that's so. me knowing nothing about it. But I'm just <laughs> yeah. thinking like, oh no, this new show is coming out. I'm panicking thinking. Yeah. I guess I kind of always think like when a website crashes, you know, yeah. like too much traffic to the website and then it comes down, like something like that. It's yeah. just wild how people are consuming media these days though. Yeah, it's I, so different than it was even and, five years ago. And a lot of that is being, you know, it's, it's come down to a science right like the mm -hmm. the the challenge that was listen what you're saying makes a ton of sense that's a challenge that that was probably identified i don't know right you know years ago yeah. and how can we how can we make sure our stuff doesn't go down and and this isn't a concern for just you know client a everyone's worried about that so right. there's a lot of shared knowledge and stuff mm -hmm. that goes into that so that everyone can at least get on the same page to start and then they'll figure out how to make it better than the next guy so right. that they can uh, hopefully bring in more people television has obviously changed so much and it's clear that streaming is the future or it's now and it is the future <laughs> so how do you foresee it continuing to change and what are some of the biggest challenge you, challenges that you see coming down the road yeah so um yeah, there's a ton of innovation. Like every day, mm -hmm. there's a new there's a new thing that comes up uh, with with streaming. So, um, you know the two the two biggest things are. I mean, the, the two biggest things are always going to be the two biggest things because they revolve <laughs> around money, right? It's it's you know how can we deliver the highest quality content for the lowest cost to us as a business, mm -hmm. um, and then two is ads, which they go hand in hand, right? right. One one keeps your costs down and one brings revenue in. So um, we, it probably makes sense to start with ads because, you know, nobody likes them. And then this way we can kind of quickly get past it. Sure, but yeah. um, nobody <laughs> likes nobody likes ads. But honestly, that's what pays for most of the innovation in this space. Uh, without, without the ads, there's no revenue, obviously, to go around. Um, I always kind of laugh because people were paying, you know, one to $200 a year for cable. Like, I don't, I don't have cable at home anymore, but it's just... No, it's literally littered with ads. You right. can't, you can't go it's more mostly than mostly ads. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't go more than seven minutes without you know two and a half minutes of ads. And um, now you're starting to, you, you know, you see way more ads in front of the content that you want to consume. And then now what you're seeing even is a lot more ads that are being, especially on like YouTube, right? You're seeing ads built right into the stream of what you're mm -hmm. watching mm -hmm. because people are finding ways to to block it and whatnot. But like you know, people want to get paid. Right. And, and these creators, they want to innovate too, but if they're not getting any ad revenue, then they, it makes it harder for them to do it. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to sound like a shill, but they are, they are important here. Um, like I mentioned that we have, we have one client that's getting over 10 million streams a day. Um, the ad numbers in there. And, and I mean, listen, we could go, we could have a whole nother podcast of just course. on the ad mm -hmm. ecosystem. Um, but, but the sheer volume of, of ad, you know, kind of bids and whatnot that are going out during this, it's, it's staggering. And we have all sorts of stuff supporting that and making sure that, you know, that 
one of the big challenges for clients though is making sure that you know those ads are going out and when the ad is when we're getting a note that hey this ad is going out it's actually being played mm -hmm. and so there's a whole bunch of stuff in that space that we don't need to get into today because it's not as much fun as some of the other things <laughs> that we can talk about but like i say like this whole idea and, and for for years this has been a challenge right how do we get this this high quality content out for the lowest price possible or the lowest cost possible i should say um you know as much as they do put as the our clients do put ads into their content they're so much more concerned about bringing the user a positive experience. Mm -hmm. um, when you see some of the stream numbers go up where there's, you know, however many millions of concurrent streams, but a thousand users aren't, aren't able to access it. You know, there are hours of calls looking into why were these thousand people not able to access mm -hmm. the content, right? They, they really do care about that. Yeah. The, the other side of this is obviously being able to deliver the content at the lowest cost possible to them. So nobody wants a bad experience. Our, our, clients, they, they want that content to get to the users. They want it to look good. They want it to perform good. They don't want it buffering for you as much as you don't want it mm -hmm. buffering. Right. Um, you know, there are so many metrics tracking how your experience is as a user measuring, if there's buffering, measuring, you know, quality drops and whatnot. Um, like I say, if there's, if there's a, uh, if there's a stream happening, a live stream, that has, you know, X number of millions of, of users, but we get these notifications that a thousand users are having a poor experience. There will be so many calls about mm -hmm. why are they having a negative experience? How do we fix that? How do we make that, make sure that doesn't happen again? Um, you know, I've been in some of those calls. They're not fun because honestly, they know that if they're not providing you with a good experience, you're not going to be paying and you're not going to be spending your time uh, on their service. So, um, yeah, there's a ton of innovation happening in that space, which is a lot of fun. Um, and then, and then you have the flip side side of it where there are so, some companies right now where they're, you know, uh, one of my coworkers was telling me he bought a, a new Sony Bravia TV and there's a Bravia streaming service. And he said that they must not care at all about, about mm -hmm. the cost because he watched a movie, um, at 4k and he said it was delivering like 80 megs a second of, of video quality. And then he went over to Amazon Prime to watch the same video. And they were delivering, I think it was 30 megs a second, he said. Um, and and it's still in 4K, right? The resolution mm -hmm. is still 4K, but just like the he said like the the difference was was insane to him, right? He had never seen something look that good. But I figure Sony, they've already got your money on the TV, right? They can yeah. afford to spend a little more to deliver you. Uh, excuse me, a higher quality of content. So, um, you know, that this works great when you're in, in right in the HRM or something and you have really good internet. Um, mm. but you know, if I was, I, I've, I've taken some vacations, uh, up in Anikinish the last few years with my family and, you know, there's always Wi-Fi at the mm. spot where we're at and it's never, it's never as fast as it is here. I don't want to bad mouth it or anything, no, but it's just, fair. you know, yeah. the, the bandwidth there is just not as good as what it is here. So if I'm trying to deliver you that same quality, mm -hmm. um, with an internet connection that isn't, isn't good enough to support it, like I'm just going to get upset and turn it off. Right. Yeah. So, um, this is, you know, this is again, why we have these different renditions, right? Because I can send you something that you can play that will look okay. Like it'll look pretty good, um, without it buffering for you. So your quality, your experience is still really good and the quality is still really good. It's not the top quality, mm -hmm. but it's 
it's better than good enough. You yeah. know what I mean? And at least you're able to get through streaming the thing that you're watching. Exactly. Exactly. So right now, one of the things that's happening in this space, right, is is in the past, what we do is we would set up different profiles and we would say, okay, at 4K, we want it to encode at this bit rate. Um, this is the audio we want to use. And then at 1080p, maybe we want to do this at this bit rate. And, all, and, we, and we would have these profiles. So when that video would get uploaded, regardless of the video, you would say, you know, this is this is how we this is the quality we want to stream the the, the content at. Um, so now one of these big topics one of these big topics is this idea of per title encoding. So there's a, a developer a video developer survey that goes out every year, and um, one third of the respondents of this survey in the past year said that they've already implemented this, and in this next year in 2023 one third say that they're going to implement this. Okay. And so what that is, is it's this idea that we're going to encode videos. Um, and instead of having a profile for, you know, just for a network, each we're, we're going to make sure that each title is being as encoded as pristinely as possible. Right. Um, if you think about it, uh, you know, you can encode a cartoon at a certain bit rate that's much lower than what you would, encode, you know, a big network drama that has, mm -hmm. you know, sweeping mountain shots and whatnot. There's just, there's so much more quality in that than there is in the, in the cartoons. So, um, that allows the clients to save on storage costs, save on bandwidth sent costs. Um, it makes it easier for you to be able to consume that content without any, uh, service interruptions. And there will be all sorts of, um, there will be all sorts of checks, right? Like there, there will be people, there's actually a metric out there. I think it's called VMAP that will measure the quality of a stream versus the original hmm. and clients will, will play with a bunch of different settings to say, okay, this is, we're still getting like 85% quality. And if I was to show you some of these examples, you would see that even at like 45% quality, you don't really notice a difference, hmm. but once it starts dipping below that, that's when you start noticing some of the fragmentation um, depending on the content, of course. So, but there's a lot of work going into this idea of like per title encoding, which is solving a lot of really interesting problems for us. Um, last year, there was a big, there was a big push. Uh, the number one, the number one topic in this survey the year before was around low latency video delivery. So basically getting live content to users as quick as possible. We've done some of this. We, we were actually, uh, doing some of this like five or six years ago. Um, really investigating new ways that we could get video in a live stream format to a user uh, in under, I, I think we were under like a second and a half, definitely under two seconds anyway. Um, that was the number one response for tw the 2022 survey. The number one response now for 2023 is how do we do this at scale, hmm. right? We can get this now, but how do we get it to millions, tens of millions of people? How do we stream the Super Bowl at 4K, you know, to most of the world. Right. There's a whole bunch of, uh, of, of research going into this and, and it appears that they know what the solution is going to be, but it's still, it's really cool to think about. Um, you know, this, this whole idea of low latency is, you know, the, the whole reason that I kept cable for as long as I did was, was sports, right? Streaming sports. If we can, if we can solve that at scale, you're going to see a lot more people cutting the cord because mm -hmm. there's other reasons for that, right? Betting right now, right? In the States, mm, especially. Yeah, that's true. There's, there's so much money to be made there. Um, so we're going to see what happens. Uh, 
but and, and we're going to see who comes out uh, out ahead on that. But it's it's really interesting. And like I said, we were we were doing this years ago yeah. um, at a much smaller scale, just seeing if we could get it done. And it was re- you know everyone was high fiving and stuff when we were able to get it done. But now it's like oh wow, now everyone wants to do this. And so hopefully hopefully that means good things for us. The other thing that we have been chatting with chatting about sorry at work a lot is is like who's going to win all this right there's all these different streaming platforms out there um netflix was obviously the leader for a long time uh you look at the news right now netflix they're they're, they're not getting as many great new shows um they they've kind of become a victim of their own success with some of the stuff that they've done which is allowing some of the newer services to come in and, and take advantage and be like well they did it this way yeah. we can see it doesn't work out so maybe we're going to do this everyone's complaining that netflix wants to crack down on password sharing which makes a lot of sense but they're also mm-hmm. saying well netflix is going to have ads well netflix needs to make money right like mm-hmm. they're they're tr- they want to be able to provide that content you've got prime you've got disney now they've got more money than you know, more money than anyone yeah. rightly ever needs. And they're, they're doing this. Um, so I think that you're going to start seeing some of these services cannibalizing themselves in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then like, I, I, I kind of just touched on sports, but you know, betting in the States right now is huge. We have a bunch of clients that we're working with on, on solutions for that, uh, daily. I mean, you watch any sports broadcast, it's there's half the ads are daily fantasy or sports casinos or whatnot. So, um, a lot of fun trying to figure out how we can get that stuff into apps for people, right? You, especially on TVs and whatnot. We know that people don't want to use second screens. That's one of the things that we've heard a lot about uh, in, in terms of client research. So you've got these 65-inch, 75-inch TVs. You've got a lot of real estate on there. How can you get different bets and stuff into there? Um, so there's some fun stuff, too, that's not just about the streaming, but around, you know, again, those experiences. How can we improve those experiences for the user that... I feel like it's it's just going to continue to evolve so much and change. It must be, I mean, for you, it's such an exciting space to be working in right there's, now. Uh, yeah, there's there's a joke that my my coworker and I always say where it's like, you know, the video streaming space is easy, right? And I don't know if you've ever seen Moneyball, but they're talking to him about mm-hmm. playing first base. It's incredibly easy. Tell him. He goes, it's incredibly <laughs> difficult. And that's kind of what our, our joke is around the office. There's just, there's so much that goes into it. And and like I say, we're, we're scratching the surface here, but mm-hmm. um, there's... There's just so much around it and so much behind it, right? Mm-hmm. And this is this is how people consume content now. So it's fun to be a part of that, right? I talked about mm-hmm. being a part of something that people can see. Well, this, this is, is this is what people are seeing. Yeah, and we said off the top that like Red Space kind of does a little bit of everything and how can you be good at that? But like, it sounds like you're doing a little bit of everything and kind of killing it a it, game clearly. It's a ton and... of fun, yeah. It really is a lot of fun. And and like I say, to, to hear about some of these things before they're going to come out mm. and to... To get the opportunity at Red Space anyway, when when I started, it used to be they'd drop some designs on our desk and, and you know, the client would say, build this, right? Then it became how or, you know, how can we build this, right? We have this idea. How can we build right. it? And now there's a lot of what what should we build? Right. And so it, it, it lets mm-hmm. us be a little bit They're creative. They're coming to you yeah. for the ideas a bit more. Right? Yeah. It's it's a ton of fun. Like I, I, I say that too much. Like I, I actually do enjoy my job. Um, and that's awesome. but you're like charting, charting the future, honestly, when it comes to, because it is like, it's not new, like you've been doing it for a long time, but 
things are changing. New platforms are popping mm-hmm. up. The way that it can be experienced from a user perspective can change. Like it's not and set it in stone and it will. It, it exactly. Will. Yeah. So so it's exciting to be at the forefront of like, okay, what should we make here? Yeah. Like, And despite it exciting. not being new, it kind of feels like the, the Wild West almost of like, yeah. as much as there already is kind of established and behind us, like it kind of sounds like the future is unlimited like yeah. you could go any and every Red direction is building the future <laughs> whoever came up with that i'll, I'll make sure that they, <laughs> they, they get, get a the pat credit? on the back or something <laughs> for that artificial intelligence is a big topic of discussion right now in the tech world so what impact if any do you think it will have on video streaming yeah it's it's there's been a lot of ai and machine learning stuff going on in this space for a while um you know captions uh, captions are a big mm-hmm. thing, right? Accessibility is huge on online right now, and so um, we've we've been working with with different groups uh, that that automate these captions for years. And you know, we keep seeing it's getting better and better every day. We're now you know now to to uh, do human validation on the the captions. It's you know it's taking way less time than it ever did before. This just keeps getting better and better, um, which is great. Um, Ads, I've, I've mentioned already, but I'll mention it again. Uh, there's a lot that goes into giving the user a positive ad experience. Mm. You don't want to be getting the same ads over and over and over again. Um, you want the right ads going to the right users for the right clients, right? You don't want, you don't need a horror movie showing up in your kids' content ads. Um, you know, brand safety is a big thing. Uh, like I say, duplicate ads is a, is a big thing that they want to avoid. You don't want to see so many things. That might be more like, uh, algorithms than AI, but there's a mm-hmm. ton of a ton of stuff behind there, behind that. Sorry, um, I I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing more ways to kind of dynamically insert these ads into the content that's being watched, similar to how you see it on a sports broadcast, where um, you know mm-hmm. you'll see a certain logo, you know, put onto the field and whatnot. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing more of that in like traditional streaming content just because right. it's getting easier and easier for it to do. Um, content tagging is is something that it's being used for, uh, tagging that content accurately and consistently uh, without, you know, having different people review certain types of content and tagging it a certain way. Uh, recommendation engines obviously mm-hmm. have been around a while, but mm-hmm. like, I I mean, my YouTube my YouTube recommendations, my Netflix recommendations are a mess because yeah, of how same. my family, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. of my, how my family does it. So there's a whole bunch of, of research going into that and how it, it can be made better. Um, that looks like a, a whole, you know, it looks at a myriad of different things, not just what you're watching, but um, there's so much stuff in there. And then if the content is tagged properly, then it, it can only get better. And it's not even about it being proper. It's about it being consistent, right? Right. And that kind of goes back to like the user expectations. Like, I mean, I feel like as a consumer of media now, it's almost an expectation that I'm like, oh, what next should I watch? Right. I don't know what to watch. You tell me what I should watch. Yeah. (laughs) But then your kid goes on and watches eight hours of Minecraft videos. And (laughs) and then that's all that you get recommended. Um, I I mentioned that idea of per title encoding, right? And this whole idea of a metric that can be used to... uh, to look and, and make sure that the quality is there. But, you know, there's a whole bunch of, of AI and machine learning processes that are going, um, that, that will look at the content that's being encoded to maybe help define what that profile is before it even encodes it, right? Based on maybe it, it does a pass, does some some tagging uh, before it before it even enco- does the encoding. So it knows the proper bit rates, the proper resolutions, 
Um, if it's user generated content, right? You got to think about how many people are actually watching this. Do I need, do I need eight renditions mm -hmm. for this user that gets 10 views a month? But maybe there's a, there's a, you know, certain shows on, on YouTube now that, that are user generated, they get millions and millions of views. So yeah, we need to, we need to generate more of these. It can run it through different machine learning and AI type of things to see, okay, well, the, the quality metric is giving us this, but like, can the AI pick up on these differences in, in such a way that it can make these decisions smarter and, and encode things a little bit more, uh, a little bit quicker without having to pay for the re-encode and all sorts of stuff in there. Uh, you know, the, the whole idea of chapter indexing or, or skip intro, right. Mm -hmm. That you now get on a lot of your mm -hmm. shows. Um, a lot of that is being done with, with different AI training it on the model of the, the theme song or a certain set of sounds. Uh, I actually had a coworker tell me that, this was a big problem when they were uh, when they were trying to add it to The Simpsons, because during The Simpsons intro, Lisa plays her saxophone, mm -hmm. and it's always a different it's always a different little thing. So the model was always having trouble picking picking up where this was supposed to end. Which I'm a big Simpsons fan, so that I mean, was... I would well, I was I watched it obviously when it, before, but I didn't even realize that I knew Bart was always writing something different on the chalkboard, yeah. but I don't think I ever picked up that she was always playing a different song. I definitely yeah, did. so anyways, sorry. It, it, no, no, it's, it's so it's it's uh, it's it's really neat. Um, there's uh, you know, one one of my coworkers has talked a lot about audio balancing. Right, there's nothing worse, especially with streaming. Oh, yeah. You're watching, you're watching some show and then the ad comes on and it yeah. blows your ears yeah. off. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of work being done in that to make sure that that stream stays consistent for you. Um, and then we did some really cool stuff a while ago, going back to this whole idea of, uh, of, of delivering, delivering content at a lower, you know, at a lower cost. We did some stuff and, and this is being done more and more now where we're de delivering content maybe at like 720p. And then using AI to upscale that content to 1080p on the user's device. So we're sending a much lower quality rendition, um, but the user is not, you know, the user's getting a, a better quality rendition. Now, this depends on your hardware, right? You can't do this on some of these smart TVs and whatnot. Um, there is a device that's currently out there that you basically run your, your TV through that. And it will do this for you, but it's $1,500 at this point, give or take. Not for uh, everyone. <laughs> so it's not for everyone. But as you know, as that they start refining that, they'll make it more affordable. Totally. It will end up getting built into the TVs. And again, mm -hmm. then you're going to see these lower quality renditions coming through, but they're going to look fantastic. So mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of, of investment into that. Um, and, and like I say, we had someone at the office actually prototype this a few years ago where they took a video um, and then they delivered it at, I think they delivered it at like 480, um, and they upscaled it to be the same quality as the original. And I mean, it just, it looked just as good. So there's, there's a lot of really cool stuff happening in there. So what can't AI do? This might be off base, but like, can you do stuff like that with older videos? Like, you know, when you watch something from the nineties and you're like, oh, this is filmed uh, like that. I know there's remastering and stuff like that, but I, I couldn't that... do that for you. But yeah, like that's, Someone that's there's <laughs> definitely a lot. Of, yeah. That yeah. stuff can happen. Right. I mean, I've been, I'm. I don't know how much you've play, played with Mid Journey, right? So far, but I'm fascinated by it. And I have I have a picture from my wedding day that mm. for some reason one of my favorite pictures is the only low quality photo we have. Like we I, I just I can't get it. And so I've been trying to work with it to to use AI to upscale that. So I'm sure that with video it can it can do the same thing, Very right? Cool. There's so much cool stuff going on in there right now. Mm. And 
trying to find a way to use it as equal parts exciting and scary. Mm-hmm. So. That's so cool. Um, okay, well, I mean, we covered a lot of ground here, but I guess, you know, the floor is yours. Is there anything exciting that's coming up? And you you talked a lot about, you know, the future, but it's specifically at Red Space, anything super exciting you want to highlight? Uh, at Red Space, definitely, you know, uh, I mentioned some of these smart TV OTT devices that mm-hmm. we are, uh, that we're working with. Um, we've become a community partner with the Comcast and Metrological Group. For uh, lightning development, and this is a new framework that's coming out. It's GL-based. Uh, you know, it's built to target a lot of these these kind of OTT devices, smart TVs that aren't as powerful as some of the uh, as some of the you know iPhones and what the mm-hmm. things that we're used to using. Right. Um, and so we've we've been using that for a number of our clients. We've actually been uh, submitting pull requests back to the Lightning Group, and they've They've brought some of our code into their framework that's being used. Um, like I say, we're, we're focused on streaming, but that's not mm-hmm. all we do. Uh, we're, you know, if you're interested in it, then we're, we're always looking for talent as are most of the tech companies. But uh, <laughs> if this sort of stuff interests you, then certainly check out redspace.com. Um, and as well as if you're looking to get your content out there, uh, definitely check us out. Uh, we, we'd love to help. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us today, Luke. It has been our pleasure. I find this fascinating, so thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to All Hands on Tech. Interested in learning more? Visit us on our website at www.digitalnovascotia.com. We'll see you next time. This has been a Podstarter production. production.